0: Hello, and welcome to the Bikes for Death podcast. My name is Patrick, and I am your audio tour guide, taking you on conversational journeys with radical people who recreate on bikes and love the outdoors. Join me, won't you? All right, well, first I'd like to give a shout out to our newest patrons. Y'all help keep the lights on, keep gas in the van and batteries in the recorder. I literally can't do it without y'all and all the other patrons. So this week, let's give a shout out to Jeff Corey, Stephen Young, Robert Crawford. And I got to give a little bit of a special shout out to Robert because he showed up to the recent Bikes for Death Spring Campout trip that we went on in the Sam Houston National Forest on uh, the restaurant tour loop that I created and it was really designed as a way to introduce people to bikepacking and the outdoors Um, and so it was really cool to have a first-timer show up And, uh, you know, Robert was a very accomplished cyclist. It was his first time bike packing and it was really great to have him out there. So thank you, Robert. Congrats on uh, your first bike packing camp out forward to seeing you out there and, uh, doing a lot more of them, honestly. And also thank you for being a Patreon. We also got to thank Paul Fallon, Tyrell Lewis, and Aaron Huey. Seriously, thank you all so much for stepping up. I can't do it without y'all. It is never too late to sign up to be a patron. We've got a lot of new perks coming for patrons. And actually, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash bikes or death, you're going to see some changes that we've made to, let's say, sweeten the pot a little bit. Shall we Hmm? entice you a little bit? I mean, really, it's only a dollar a month. We're already bringing the hot fire content that you love. You could just give a dollar for that, but we're also throwing in a little bit more. Discounts to the store, discounts to other brands, other businesses that you know and love, lots of good things. So if you wanna head over, check that out, that's cool. If not, I still love you and I still want you to enjoy this show equally as much. Before we get to the show, I wanna tell you about a couple ad announcements you get it, ad announcements, I made that up myself, that some of our partners wanted to share with you. The first one comes from Bikepacking Roots. If you consider yourself an adventure cyclist of any type, Bikepacking Roots wants to hear from you in their fourth annual Bikepacking and Adventure Cycling Community Survey. It'll only take like five minutes to complete and you could win one of nearly 3 dozen prizes including some pretty sweet bikes or death merch if i may say so myself through this survey bikepacking routes is striving to better understand accessibility changes barriers to entry safety concerns and individuals outdoor backgrounds as they all really relate to adventure cycling experience this knowledge is critical in supporting the growth of a more diverse and accessible community. So if you're a bikepacker, a road tour, gravel enthusiast, or just aspiring towards any of these types of bike adventures, your perspective is really valuable. So to complete this survey and let your voice be heard, head over to bikepackingroots.org. You'll find a link to the survey there. And this survey is only available for like a week. So don't dilly-dally. Get on over there. Fill it out because it is important. It makes a difference and it helps them to represent you and I better. As you know, most of us, unfortunately, have to work. And we all know that riding your bike to work is the best way to start your day, and it's a great way to relieve stress on your way home. But who's going to relieve the stress from your shirt from being sweaty and stinky when you get there? 6 a.m. work shirts have solved your work attire conundrums with a cycling-inspired professional dress shirt. Have you ever noticed that cycling jerseys have two materials allowing for sweat wicking and fit? That's when the owner of 6AM Work Shirts realized that he could incorporate the same technology into a professional dress shirt for cyclists and commuters, or really just anyone who wants to look good and ride their bike and not smell and sweat, which could be a lot of us. 6AM Work Shirts mesh side panels solve several problems that are all too common in traditional dress shirts. They're breathable, sweat-wicking, antimicrobial dress shirts with a slim athletic fit, right out of the rack. And patrons of this show will receive a code for 20% off these awesome shirts. So to learn more, head over to 6amworkshirts.com, or you can find out all the details in the show notes. All right, well, today's episode is a special one to me. It took place with Jared Foster's Adventure Media class. And this year, we went to Caprock Canyon State Park, which is up in the panhandle of Texas, and it was the first time that I had personally visited this park. It is home to the largest bison herd in Texas, and it was the first time that I had seen bison that close. We actually carefully, as carefully as we could, uh, rode through bison because there was hundreds of them as there's nowhere to go and they seemed like they were going to be there all day. So we, uh, we in cars and everybody kind of moseyed on by them and just hoped that, uh, well, we just hoped and that's all we did. We hoped and we pedaled and what else can you do? Aside from the bison, I was there accompanied by Jared Foster's students. And if you don't know, he teaches a course at Texas Tech University called Adventure Media and as part of this course he takes usually about 16 students into an outdoor experience and most of the time it's on bikes and we're doing bike packing so for example in 2019 we went to big ben uh, 2020 covid and now in 2021 uh, i went with them to like i said caprock canyon state park this particular conversation takes place on the evening of our first night camping there at Caprock Canyon State Park. Among the participants were all mostly first-timers, new cyclists with very little experience and not all the right gear. And it's always so amazing to see people who put themselves in situations willingly. I mean, all these people knew what they were signing up for uh, willingly to go out and push themselves and potentially fail. You know, failure was a real thought for a lot of these people, not because of being negative, but because of uncertainty. You know, having never done something before, the fear of the unknown, what is it going to be like? Can I do it? Can I ride my bike 30 miles with you know, all this gear, camera gear, and all my sleeping gear, my food, and did I bring enough food, and did I bring enough water, and what about my friends, and all these things. I mean, these are all real concerns that a lot of these students felt. But this conversation took place after accomplishing day one on this particular Rails to Trails in Caprock Canyon State Park, and it took place in a beautiful arroyo, and the sun was setting, And the temperature was setting, but it was a really great conversation to be able to get perspectives from these new cyclists and these new bike packers, and some of them even new to the outdoors and hear their experiences and listen to them and learn from them about what they're feeling. So that's part one that we're going to be releasing today. And there's going to be a part two to this podcast, forthcoming TBD. That's gonna follow Tom and Alyssa, who were two of the students on this trip. And I basically follow them throughout their journey. And so we're piecing that one together, and that one's gonna be forthcoming. All right, well, that's it. I, as you can tell, I'm excited about this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. And as always, let's have Miles Arbor take it away with the Bikes or Death theme song.
1: Take it away, Miles. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends, or you could be alone ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Bikes.
0: Well, thank you all for coming to the Bikes for Death in Caprock Canyon. Uh, thank you for riding your bikes here. Thank you for not complaining too much and making this a miserable experience for Jared. No, <laughs> uh, no it, today went pretty well. How is everybody feeling?
2: Good. 10 out of 10.
0: <laughs> yeah. Happy to be here. So happy. Well, we were going to get it started with Sky. Just for people listening, the class did a trip out to... Was it here? Actually, maybe tell us about that trip. What was the trip that y'all went on?
2: So it was about 27 miles. It was very windy. I think it was 30 miles per hour or 40 and we basically just rode and rode we left town not sure what direction honestly i wasn't too prepared for it but i learned a lot it was a crazy experience i got blown off my bike at one point really uh, court helped me and yeah it was awesome
0: <laughs> <laughs> the getting blown off part or getting help yeah part? i got
2: a gnarly bruise it was pretty cool
0: <laughs> <laughs> why why is that cool
2: uh, i guess it just shows hard work and just getting back up i wasn't sure i could do this class but you know, whenever you get back up, you're like, okay, I can do yeah. it.
0: It's like a physical manifestation of like something you did. Like you had something to show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I got beat up a little bit. I uh-huh. went to war. I won. <laughs> I won. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thank you. Yeah. If you could read. Uh, so just for people listening again, Jared had students write, I think, about the experience and um, yours was perf- particularly good. We thought so. Wow.
2: I'm take honored. it away. Okay. <laughs> the ride convinced me of how physically capable I am. After overcoming my fear, I pedaled farther and harder than I thought possible. I slowly realized that we are all far more capable than we believe. We can get air into our lungs and oxygen to our muscles when only one eye can see. We can get back on our bikes after we fall. We can make it up a hill at the end of a 30 mile ride. We can if we choose to. We only have to get out of our way and do the damn thing.
0: That gives me goosebumps. Thanks. <laughs> How do you feel when you read that?
2: Um, I feel proud. I feel proud. I put a lot of effort into it because I knew that Jared's a good writer. So I didn't want to, you know, give him something not so good. I put it through Grammarly, you know,
3: checked all the grammar. (laughs) I
0: guess a better question is how do you feel about yourself? Like being able to, you know, be here on on your own accord. I mean, you know, we are all in this together, so to speak, but you carried all your gear. You put it all on there and you pedaled your bike all the way here, you know?
2: Yeah, it's fun. I feel like sometimes there's a little bit of intimidation around outdoor sports or just outdoor activities, and you feel like you have to have, like, all the right gear and be, like, the most prepared. But the truth is, is that you just kind of have to do your best and get out there and just pedal. Um, yeah, I think that's what I learned today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is anyone else uh, impressed with themselves? Anybody else, like, impress themselves or surprise themselves?
4: This is Anna, And I would definitely say that I'm impressed with myself on um, being able to just do this. I haven't, I've never been a runner, never been any kind of endurance person. I've ridden horses, so horses have done all the work for me in all of the past. Um, So it's kind of like being my own horse when I'm on a bike and it's very challenging. And I, whenever I signed up for this class, I didn't realize just how rigorous it would be. And whenever I learned that the first bike ride would be around 30 miles, I just did not think I could do it. I thought that I was going to have to tell my friends to come pick me up and send them my location. But I was able to make it. And every time that I get on the bike, it seems like I'm able to do better and do things that I didn't think I could do the time before. So I think that's pretty pretty solid of myself.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point. I mean, I'm curious if you don't mind following up on that, how how it is to experience, because I, I assume, I don't know what kind of horse riding you did. I don't know if you did trail, trail riding or dressage. I don't know what you did. So what kind?
4: Uh, so I have barrel raced since I was okay. around 12. So Western riding, and I've owned my own quarter horse. We just go to different events. They're called play days. You do all kinds of different things around poles and you just run really fast and it's just all about sprinting being as fast as you can you don't have to go out there and you're basically only breathing hard because of the adrenaline not because of the work but that's the exact opposite of biking (laughs) it's well a little bit of both but definitely way more work to bike up these huge hills and even going down them is kind of a lot of work because you don't want to fly off like I almost
0: did. <laughs> Aside from the feeling that you have doing it or accomplishing you know, something you set out to do, like how did you feel today while we were out there? I mean, it was a long day, beautiful day. Were you enjoying it or were you wishing you had a horse to take you down the trail?
4: <laughs> um, well, I, I really I enjoyed it. The weather was awesome. And a lot of the time, whenever it was getting really hard and just straight lines after straight lines and I felt like there was no end I would just kind of be singing songs to myself to distract um, myself from how hard I was breathing and to try to get through the stretch and I always find that that kind of helps me because if I just sing the same song over and over again it helps pass the time what a song? little bit I was singing um, the campfire song from Spongebob
0: okay. <laughs> 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 I don't know that one but we'll insert it in the podcast <laughs> so everybody out of will know <laughs> That's uh, that's. That
4: next time I, <laughs> I couldn't help myself.
0: I, it's a great tip, you know, staying in a positive mental attitude and like pe- being a, a positive mental place because it, it is hard, you know. You don't have a horse or a car to take into slack, and so sometimes I, I mean, everybody gets tired. So, thank you. Did anybody else impress themselves? Anybody like wake up today and with trepidation or been feeling anxiety, and now we're here. I mean, we've done it.
5: Yeah, my name's Allie. But I woke up this morning and my mom, you know, like sent me the good luck text and have fun. And I replied, I'm terrified. Um, Just because, I don't know, this is on paper. It seems like a lot, but also not a lot at the same time. And we've been talking about this trip and prepping for this trip. But you just don't know what you're getting yourself into until you are on the bike and just going. Um, And I very quickly realized, like, my bike weighs a lot more when I have a lot of stuff on my bike. And so, you know, I found myself towards the back of the group, towards the back of the pack. But I thought it was really cool today being towards the back and like seeing everyone just like keep going. There was this like one hill that if we would have done it our very first ride, I mean most of us would have been walking it and every single one of us rode it up the, like rode up the hill. Mm. And I was like, that's insane. Like (laughs) looking at us, like, I don't know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, however long it was, like we probably could not have all done that. And we did. Um, so not only was I impressed like with myself and with the endurance that I showed also just like the class and the people. And I don't know, I think that this group is, um, something different. And it's clear that we are getting better and better every single time that we get on a bike.
0: Do you think that it's physical or mental? Is it is it that you're learning that you're more capable than you thought? Or is it that you're getting stronger?
5: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's both, honestly. Um, I think physically we can like feel it in our legs and feel it in our lungs that um, this is getting to be something that I mean, I don't want to use the word easy because it's definitely still not easy, but something that I guess we're getting more used to and becoming a little more normal. Um, But also just mentally, like seeing this group that was once like strangers on our very first day of class to now, like we get to sit around a, you know fake campfire with no fire, (laughs) um, and talk about like real life things and actually get to know each other and see, um, like how to push each other and encourage each other along the way. Um, but yeah.
0: It's been a neat experience for me, um, to, to watch all of y'all. I mean, most people go throughout their lives, not realizing how capable that they are. And so having, I think these opportunities that Jared provides, to people at a young age, you know, I mean, uh, who are about to enter the world in a lot of different various ways. And I think having that knowledge that you really are a capable person that you be put in like hard and challenging situations and, and through your own efforts, you can get to camp. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else, uh, impress themselves, anybody else wake up, uh, with a lot of doubt and, and kind of surprise themselves by being here. If not, that's okay. Okay. We'll move on. Who's been to Caprock Canyon before? Tom, why don't we, since we haven't got you. So, uh, Tom, if you would, just uh, quickly, or not quickly, I don't care. You can take as long as you want. But, uh, like, how many times have you been to the park? How familiar you are? I don't even know if you live, you're live you from this area. like.
6: Yeah, so I the first time I came out here was on a weekend that we didn't have a ride. And I was looking to get outside and had the free time to do it. And I had no idea, no information. I just went on their website, paid the money that I knew that I had to pay them so I could park my car and not get it towed. And I found a random trail that looked cool. The first one was actually like Wild Horse Loop. Actually got lost at one point, like completely lost away from the trail. And I like had to resort to like a very pixelated Google map uh, to find the trail. It was honestly terrifying in the moment. Um, cause all I had was like two peanut butter tortillas, a dog and, um, some kibble. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I would have been in a bad shape if I wasn't able to find my way, but I found my way. How did you find your way? Just stumbled onto the trail? Yeah. The time so or? like before I hit the trail, I knew to download like a Google map of the area just in case, but it didn't have time to like completely download. Mm. So it was like pixelated. I could only see like maybe what was a trail. So I just kind of headed in that direction and like linked up with the trail and was able to get back. Yeah.
0: Well, a side note, but a tip. Man, those GPS things, they're wonderful, but they're also wrong. We just went out to Big Bend, and I mean, there was a 13 mile stretch on the, that I mapped. We got there, it wasn't even there. You know, that's part of the adventure, though, you know, uh, sure. a little bit. And you learn from it, hopefully. And
6: definitely, I won't be making die. that mistake again, or I'll be bringing a compass at least.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious how you feel now sitting here, being in this place. What's it like to experience it? Whenever you ride your bike through the same train versus driving a car here and camping and
6: doing it that way. It's really, really, really different. Um, whenever I came the first time, like I knew that the hills that I was driving in my car I was going to have to ride. I just didn't know which ones. Um, <laughs> I quickly found out which ones I was on because I had to walk them. So, but it it was really like, it was a different pace, a different outlook. Like I came into the park in a car and it was like, wow, this, this is cool rocks. And then it's like, I come out here on a bike and it's like, I've just put in 35 miles of sweat to get here. And it's like, wow, these are really, really cool rocks. (laughs) So. That's the thing, man. I don't know. I don't know
0: exactly what it is, but I guess it's, it's earning it. You know, it's earning your right to be here. And it's watching all those people in their minivans drive in with their bikes on the back. And we're all riding in with our bikes and all of our camping gear and everything that we need. Do you get a, a, a sense of pride whenever you saw those people? Definitely.
6: definitely.
0: <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, who had a challenge today? Who
7: had a hard, a hard moment? Did anybody have a hard moment or a moment of doubt? So my name is Michael, Michael Dean. Um, Yeah, last night I realized my bike had some thorns in it and I had neglected to get the required material for an extra tube. And I was super nervous coming out that maybe my tires were going to pop. And thanks to Professor Foster and everyone here, who has been so, such a blessing and has provided for someone who has clearly slacked on prep. It was nice because no one, they didn't make me turn around and say, no, you, you didn't come prepared. I mean, everyone kind of works together when you're out here. Yeah. It's definitely a, a group effort to get to the campsite. As much as it is the individual challenges, it, it's really nice. We're all cheering each other on on our way up. But for sure, that doubt was a challenge. That was I even going to be able to go? Was I going Where else was I going to falter? I mean, if I came ill prepared already, where else was I going to fall along? So I was facing a lot of doubt at the beginning. Yeah. But then once I got to talking with people and kind of recognizing the group effort that was involved, I became a lot stronger.
0: What was your experience going into this particular trip with bike packing?
7: Well, I had never. Bike pack. This was your ever. first one? This was first, first experience ever. Yeah. Luckily, Dr. Keen gave us a water bag so I could pack my sleeping bag. And getting everything set up was way more challenging <laughs> than I ever thought it would be. I've packed for a lot of different trips in my life. But making sure to delegate and pack everything in a very consistent order on my bike, not only to put all the weight and distribute the weight across my bike, but also to make sure I had everything I need and that like food could be in arm's reach and then the stuff like camping gear could be packed away until we got here was stuff I really had to consider when packing.
0: So what happened to all the fears and doubts that you had uh, sitting here now?
7: Well, sitting here now, luckily I, I've been blessed and provided for, so I wouldn't neglect <laughs> making sure you have everything before you go because while I was blessed, if you're out doing this on your own, You might struggle a bit more. But um, sitting here now, it's really rewarding. Being a part of a team, being a part of a group effort—it's kind of out of this world when you think about it.
0: <laughs> it is, you know, it's off most people's radars. You know, they have no idea what bikepacking is, or that people even do this. I'm guessing many of y'all didn't know that people did this either. You know, it's like, wait, we're going to do what? Right. You know, so I mean, there's already that mental hurdle of not even knowing about it, and then hearing it's 30 miles, you're going to carry 50 pound of gear, and like you said, all the logisticals and trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to. Yeah, there there could be a lot of doubt, but that's kind of the fun part of of overcoming it. There was someone over here that y'all were chuckling about that had a moment today. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs>
5: okay, this is Allie again. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm pretty stubborn, and like most of my friends that know me, that would probably be like the first word that would come to mind and you know when things like don't go my way or when like I let myself down it really gets to me so we had just stopped for our very first time I was feeling good I was like I think I had just told Sky I think I like bi- bikepacking I was like this is fun I'm having fun and then we all started going again and I was like oh my bike feels really weird and Justin and Dylan were like yeah you're major flat in the back oh. um so I didn't know how to change a tire I didn't even have or like air up my tire I didn't even have like the sealant thing that I was supposed to have (laughs) because I thought that it was in my little thing but it wasn't my little bag but it wasn't in there and so I learned how to fix a tire which I was like okay this is good which made me a little nervous the whole rest of the way because I was like there's gonna be lots of rocks and I may have to do this again so they thankfully taught me how to fix my tire everything was good and then like i don't know five minutes later <laughs> my pants were like sitting on the back of my saddle bag and i guess a pant leg fell down um and it got caught in like my brake thing and on my back wheel i'm using all the wrong terminology no you're good i don't know
0: uh, yeah you're totally good
5: um but it got caught in the brake, so my back tire just, like, immediately, like, skid to a stop, and I was like, oh, no, it's flat again. No, my pants were caught in it, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, gosh, and I had just left, like, Dylan and Justin just a little bit, and they came, and they were like, you good? And I was like, mm, my pants are in my <laughs> chain, and so Dylan, like, had tried That's to, like, It's a great get them line, my pants are in my chain, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we got him out, but there's, like, some, some pretty, uh, serious holes um, in the side so I ripped my pants like five minutes after I got my flat and I had just found out my roommate had like texted me and our like group message was going off about how we didn't have water at the house and we weren't going to have it until Tuesday I was like oh gosh like I just want to go home now like this is just not fun Um, and had some tears a moment of um, some weakness and that's okay Um, but we're good now and I don't know I'm ready for day two tomorrow with my ripped pants and um, now I know how to change a tire but yeah very thankful for the people here that didn't you know make fun of me or too much fun of me um, (laughs) and kept me grounded in knowing that even though I am stubborn like things happen and you know it's life and I'll just keep going
0: how'd you get out of that kind of down you know time I mean it can be hard to like you know things can like pile up and your road gets rocky and you're like, oh man, it's just going worse and worse and worse. And
5: yeah, honestly, um, after my cry, I got like a moment to just like ride by myself for a few miles, let my tears fall. And then I think we made it to the cave and I had like seen my first people since all of that had happened. And I was like, (sighs) I ripped my pants and like I got a flat and they're like, oh, we were wondering where you were. But, you know, they, like, talked me down, and they were like, it's fine. Like, it it happens, and it's only uphill from here. Literally, it's all up. It was a lot of uphill from there. (laughs) Um, But, no, and so they helped me, like, kind of get myself back together. Um, And we got to take a little moment to take a break and just sit and enjoy each other's company before getting back on a bike. And so that was really helpful for them to, you know, talk me down and be there for me to listen and if I needed to cry more, they were always there. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll tell you what, um, there's a saying in bikepacking and it, I don't know exactly what it is, but crying is inevitable. Everybody cries in bikepacking. <laughs> yeah. There is no shame in that. Um, at some point, you're going to cry. Jared, have you cried? Yeah. I've only cried once, That's but cool. yeah. <laughs> Mine was on my 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to talk about it. I got lost
3: in a gully one time. In. And Ooh. I don't think he noticed because he was about, you know, a quarter, a mile ahead of me. And I just kind of just wept as we walked. So, and because he's a stronger cyclist. So he'd hop on and like ride. And I would like get on my bike would just, and like, so I just, I was crying over the handlebars. And we get up there and he's like, you're all right. I'm like, I'm good. Let's go.
0: Yeah. yeah. Any more like accidents, crashes, any, any more tears, any more drama? No. Trying to, trying to turn Bikes for Death into a dramatic podcast, but yeah. <laughs> but I would like to expand on what y'all said. Please, yeah. Yeah, expanding is welcome. Yeah, If, if, if someone says something that... Yeah.
4: yeah, so this is Anna again. And both what Michael Dean and and Allie said uh, really like resonated with me because I know that I could not do any of this alone. And especially when I'm sitting there like I talked about earlier and it just looks like the road will never end and I just have to keep pedaling and pedaling... A lot of also what keeps me going is seeing other people in front of me. And if they can do it, then I can do it too. And so it's definitely, it's like we said earlier, it's an individual effort. But I don't think that individual effort would be possible without the group and without the group being together and being able to see each other and rely on each other's company and physically and just around each other mentally and yeah.
0: I'll say that I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to comment on that as well. I was a Boy Scout leader previously, and um, and I've had the privilege to go with Jared in 2019 with his class and now um, here in, what are we, 2021? I almost said 2020, but that year never happened. When Jared calls me and says, hey, do you think you make it? I'm, I'm going to be here, you know, because getting to watch, we, we do some cool stuff when we go and everybody's rugged and tough and all that stuff, but what's really neat is, is watching people like come together and be in something together. And I spe- I mean, I am older, you know? And so like, I kind of like miss the old days when there wasn't cell phones and people talked more and we supported, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know y'all. So I'm not like trying to, uh, throw generalizations at y'all, but it is very powerful to watch people go through an experience together and to lift each other up and to support each other. And we really carry each other through, you know? So yeah, you, but it's that spirit of of us as a group as a team that we're doing it together but you're still pedaling your bike no one got lifted any load off no one got strapped to another bike or got a toe or anything Wait, i mean we all we all got here what <laughs> <laughs> those were options i
6: could have been towed
0: <laughs> i didn't bring my toe strap but my my daughters get toe straps when we go on bike packing trips um who grew up camping is it sky faith faith sorry faith who are, are you Sky? Okay. It's, y'all are close. I'm sorry. This is
8: Faith here. You're Hi, good. Faith. We met today, so it's okay. Yeah,
0: thank you, Faith. Uh, so you grew up camping. Just give me like a brief, again, I keep saying brief. Just tell me a little bit about your experience backpacking and camping
8: um i've actually never backpacked but i have camped with my family um all growing up uh, slept in tents slept outside slept on a fish dock um, slept in the boat we did a lot of fishing and camping growing up just because we really enjoy the outdoors and i got brothers that love to play with bugs and go fishing and all kinds of outdoorsy stuff that i guess could be generalized as like like, guy stuff, but it's really not. I think it's really fun to camp out, honestly. I think the outdoors are for everybody, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's what I'm preaching.
8: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm curious. uh, Well, you answered one of my questions about if you love the outdoors. I mean, because some parents drag their kids camping, and they really don't like it, but you you grew to really enjoy it.
8: Yeah, I would say whenever I was probably, like, 14, 15, it it got to where it was like, man, like, I'm going to be outdoors camping with – Without my phone, without my friends, (laughs) blah blah blah, and it got to where it was annoying. But I couldn't tell you like how excited I was for this trip, simply for the fact that like I was gonna turn my phone off and like not have service and not receive emails and not 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 be told what I was gonna do for the next 24 hours. I was just gonna do this, you know? Like yeah, it was gonna be hard and yeah, it was gonna be tough and whatever, but it was gonna be rewarding. It was gonna be something I put work into instead of like you know being behind a freaking Zoom camera one more time. (laughs) Like I'm so sick of that and like. I don't know, I think that probably made this that much sweeter.
0: Yeah, excellent point. I mean, being able to disconnect from everything is is such a relief because we're inundated all the time. Bosses, teachers, parents, news, everything. You know, we're always like inundated. Although we haven't camped yet, you bike packed all the way to camp. I'm curious about your experience and how does bike packing compare to, to camping? You know, how does, how does it compare to like ride here and be in this space versus driving your car?
8: I feel like whenever you're just camping and you know, you're not carrying all your stuff on a bike pack or on a bike and packing it um, tightly, you're, you're looking forward to the sleep out more or like looking forward to like the next day or whatever your activity kind of surrounding the sleeping is. But to like, whenever you're just carrying all your stuff, like I was telling people today, like I'm gonna sleep so hard tonight and it's not gonna matter like what crawls on my face or what's around me or what makes noise. Cause I'm gonna sleep hard cause I worked hard today and I carried all of it. And then I'm gonna pick it up and go again tomorrow. So.
0: Yeah, we don't do that to our bodies very often, do we? Right. I think we used to use them back in the day, and now we have all the luxuries, and so we really don't give ourselves the opportunity to push ourselves and really kind of find out what our limits are and what we're capable of doing.
7: Yeah,
8: people are a lot more capable of what they think they are.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably hopefully proving it to yourselves a little bit. Sorry, your name? Uh, Jacob. Jacob. So I'm curious the same thing about your backpacking or camping history a little bit
9: so i grew up as a cub scout and then uh I, I became a boy scout and now i'm an eagle scout now so i've had a bunch of experience i have the uh, camping badge which requires 60 hours of um i think it's 60 hours of camping and then 22 camping days in total so i've I've had a lot of experience uh going camping but i've, n- I've never done anything like bikepacking before and it's it's a whole new world we did a lot of like
0: week long trips up into the mountains and backcountry. Did you get some good backpacking and backcountry experience? Yeah, I, I've, I've done that before. And that uh, just did, like I
9: said, a different world compared to this. Yeah. What about cycling? Yeah. What's your experience with cycling coming into this class? I used to cycle a lot on campus when I was, um, on my, in my first year. But, um, after that, I just sort of dropped off and I sort of lost a lot of experience coming to biking. And so this was my first big biking thing in a really long time. What was your
0: experience like? So you have a pretty good history with backpacking and being in backcountry experiences and experiencing the world on foot. What was it like today experiencing a
9: similar type terrain on a bike? It was really different because not only can you carry so much more weight, you can carry stuff on your bike, you can extend the amount of weight you can carry, but you're also going so much faster and you can carry so much more weight. And it also encumbers you more, and so you slow down, and it's just, it was a lot more difficult than backpacking to me. I think you'll find with time,
0: if, you know, you choose to, you'll sort out all those things that are annoying. You know, you'll see Jared and I, I mean, no, you know, we, we've we been doing this a while, and my shit's not flying off, you know. It's going to be pretty dialed, and uh, I did forget my battery pack, so thank you, Dylan, for the charger right now. <laughs> Can I ask Mattia a question? Or So I don't know how well all of them know you, I guess, decently well, but you went on the uh, 2019 trip that I was on, the first one I went on. And, I mean, I know you'll remember the night. It, it was Choro Vista, um, night three, I think, at Big Bend. And it was the most magnificent sunset I'd ever seen to this day. I mean, it just blew my mind. And I think a lot of people had really moving experiences, but you in particular had a really moving experience, I felt like, and you actually like made some like pretty um, remarkable statements. Like I remember you're like, "I'm, I'm changing my life. Like this is like what I wanna do or something like you, you're like, I wanna find a way to incorporate this in my life. And talking today, I found out that you have kind of like pursued that a little bit more. And then you're kind of like going in that direction. And I'm just wondering like, what was it? Do you know that kind of shifted your your perspective, or, or what what changed? You know,
10: you know, going through life. I mean, it doesn't matter how young you are. You have people that that are trying to shape you in a certain way. You have people that are watching closely over the decisions that you make, and you start to you start to believe what they say, and you start to think, well, you know, maybe I am limited to only doing certain things within my life, and you talked about that night and I came to a realization that I pushed myself far enough to get to this point and I remember watching adventure media videos and thinking to myself that's not practical for me like <laughs> like you know there's people out there that do this but I'm not going to be one of those so you know that night it was just extremely moving and it was emotional and after that trip You know, I realized, you know, if I'm capable of this, then there's not really anything keeping me from pursuing my dreams. You know, I wanted to become a filmmaker and it's set to be like maybe a slightly impractical job, or at least in my life it was. And so it's always like, well, how are you going to make money? This isn't stable. But if you have your mind set to something and you know that you're going to be able to dedicate time to Doing really well at it, then there's absolutely nothing keeping you from that. And so, yeah, the adventure media trip—I mean, it—it it
0: changed my life forever. So, you've kept up the cycling. Yeah, have you I've tried? And you've done some. You've continued to do some bike packing trips.
10: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. How many have you been on? Do you know?
10: Bike packing trips. Yeah. So I guess in I I did adventure media in 2020, the year that didn't exist. Yeah. And after that trip was canceled, me and a group of people decided, well, why don't we just go anyways? So we did, how many days was it? Four? It was four days, which was a little bit limited to what we would have done, but it was really a cool moment because I was like, well, I did this without my professor. (laughs) I didn't need his guidance. (laughs) Yeah. So so I did that. Um,
0: How would you have felt as we were talking about, you know, the first time we had a a big group but a team you know that was all out there together do you think you would have been able to have that same level of confidence going without a professor for the first time or do you think that that was like a helpful stepping stone
10: that was a huge stepping stone yeah you can have a group of people that you go with but maybe in a way having a professor is like it's like your teacher like you're getting a grade from this person (laughs) (laughs) so maybe that's a little bit of a helpful push you know you always want to impress your teacher so
0: yeah Yeah. I, i don't know Never had a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine if I went to college, I would have.
10: Yeah. If you pick the right college, you'll get some pretty good professors.
0: Well, it's, it's neat. I mean, your, uh, your experience really uh, stood out to me. W- what's interesting is like how like that moment, you know, that weekend doing something like this can teach you so much about your life and can show you so much about what you're capable of that it alters the course of your life. Like it's, I mean, you know, you're like, it's only a few years later, but I mean, in your mind, I mean, if you're changing in your mind, you know, you're going to go in a different direction, you know. I oftentimes wonder like what it is about just riding your bike across a place when you could just drive and go to the same campsite and see the same uh, sunset, but it's not going to change your life. You're not going to sit there in tears and cry and <laughs> weep over the beauty that's there because you just drove your car there.
10: Yeah, like I mean, it, biking also kind of like, forces you to sit with your thoughts mm. for a pretty good amount of time. And it's so easy to not do that in today's world with such a fast moving pace. And like you can pretty much spend 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, 12 hours a day with a screen in your face. And oh. you can't do that when you're biking.
0: And nowadays it's like your work too. So it's you, I mean, there's just no way to, no yeah. way to get away from it.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious who has thoughts on this class and uh, and maybe Jared Foster? He didn't set me up for this, but I'm really curious like what it's like to be y'all and maybe not have a ton of outdoor experience or cycling experience or whatever. And you decide that you're going to sign up with this wild man professor and going to go and do some crazy things. Like, so you may have any thoughts on, on this. Yeah, please.
11: All right. My name is Jocelyn and... Um, I applied to be in this class you know you have to have an interview and all that honestly didn't think I was going to um, get into it just because you know I had no biking experience and no camera experience so but I'm here now and why
0: why did you want to sign up then
11: so I have to take an honor seminar and I looked at all of the ones and this was the only one that was not in a classroom okay and last semester, I didn't really get out much. And so I was like, you know, this semester, I want to go outside. Like, because I love the outdoors. I just didn't do it. And so, yeah. And so this one just really stuck out. I watched videos from previous years. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, because I never really knew people like just went out and biked for fun like that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what did you think? Did you think they were all like hardcore racers and... <laughs> Like yeah. in their tight outfits. Yeah, and I looked.
11: <laughs> um, just nothing I was used to, for sure. And I remember, I think uh, Foster asked me, you know, like what I thought, if I was athletic or not, you know. And I was like, yeah, I'm athletic, like I think. But then I saw like 30, 40 mile rides and I was like, excuse me, <laughs> that's so <laughs> long. Um, I didn't get to go on the first ride with them because I was sick, but I went on the second ride and... That was the one where it was a dust storm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, surely he's going to cancel. Like everyone's (laughs) freaking out about this weather storm. Surely he's not going to make us go bike in that. And he kept putting it off, you know, telling us if it was going to be canceled or not. And sure enough, it wasn't canceled. (laughs) Um, So we woke up early and went out there. And it was really rough. It was the first time for me to bike. And it was extreme weather. Long distance. I was in the back the whole time, but it was really cool. I impressed myself, like many of y'all were saying earlier, that I actually finished. And you know, it's a cool story to tell um, to family and Especially friends. Especially those pictures to help. Yeah, tell story. I, like, and you have pictures wrote. to back <laughs> it up. So I um, got to you know take pictures, and it was really awesome. So yeah, it's a really cool class, and I. And thankful that Foster is crazy enough to send us out there and stuff like that.
0: Whenever I first heard about this, I thought Jared was a little crazy, you know, I mean, <laughs> to do these things. I mean, no, not a lot of people do it, you know, it's just, it isn't done. But I think that we can all see the value and the benefit of it and why he does it. Something Jared and I both believe, do you talk to them about fighting nature deficit disorder?
12: So, so nature deficit disorder is not a thing, but it is a thing. And years and years ago, this guy named Richard Louv wrote a book called Last Child in the Woods, and it was all about how we're aggressively separating ourselves from from experiences in the outdoors and, of course, what that might might do for us, both psychologically as community, so on and so forth. And so one of the big thing, one of the big reasons Dr. Keenan and I created this class, especially the way it is now, is uh, so we can do some of our work to fight nature deficit disorder, to put people out there. and. and you know, sadly, it's it's your generation that, that Richard Louv was actually talking about. Like, your generation's the one that has nature deficit disorder maybe more intensely than everybody else. And so being able to do, do a class like this is rewarding for us as, a, as the faculty, but we hope it's that much more rewarding for the student because this can lead to a lifelong of, of you know, just being attracted to outdoor experiences and yeah. seeing and experiencing a place differently.
0: Or just learning about yourself. Yeah. That's part of the book is uh, what it says is like kids growing up now are way more knowledgeable of the world that they live in from a, maybe a book or a textbook standpoint or YouTube or whatever. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. But but um, but not so much from an experiential standpoint. And it's everything from the well-manicured parks that, you know, have rules. But, you know, you notice as we came out here, Jared didn't give you all a lot of rules. He didn't. We had a route. And he kind of trusted you to get along. And, of course, if you needed help, there was there was going to be some help to to get you along. There was people climbing up on the top of the rafters at that cave thing.
12: Well, you you were probably all told, like, when you were growing up, like, hey, don't do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, you might get hurt, you know. Or, and that's, that's one of the prime examples in, in the book. You don't go climb people. You don't climb your neighbor's trees anymore. Why? It's because if you fell off, like, you might get sued. The yeah. neighbor may get sued, you know, by your parents or something like that. That's a pretty specific and extreme example, but why not go do those things? Like, try it out.
0: Yeah. I believe, and as a father, you know, that when you allow people to develop their own experiences, they're going to learn it better. Your motor skills, even your critical thinking skills. Like for me, this extends way beyond just enjoying the outdoors and bikes. I mean, for me, this is, I think we're starving ourselves of real experiences you know, the kinds that we shared today, really experiencing a terrain, really experiencing a place, really experiencing the people that we're with and like seeing somebody crying, being able to be there for them, be their friend. I mean, that's good for both people, you know? It's in these
3: experiences that we really get to learn a lot more and, and grow. So uh, The Shallows is a book um, by Nicholas Carr, um, who's a he's a pop science author. And in, in that book, he talks about how Um, the the quote that creates the title is something, this is a Justin Keen paraphrase, uh, but it's something along the lines of, I used to be able to dive deep into the depths of a book and explore its worlds and its depths, and now I fight to stay in the shallows of social media. And so, like, it was this idea that just constant inundating, and this is even true for us even more now, right? Like, (laughs) we have, like, Zoom classes and all of this, Um, and this book was written a few years ago. His concept is spot on that we've given ourselves so much digital input all the time that it makes us really hesitant or it makes it almost impossible even to like really deeply engage with things, with places, with people. Right, that we're we're more willing to just kind of retract and kind of exist in this shallow. Like I'm just going to keep on refreshing my Twitter feed and see what comes up next instead of really pushing into a book. Faith and I earlier, who I think it was Faith. we watching
0: so, YouTube channels about Cap Rock Canyon.
3: Yeah, you know, or, yeah, or, you know, yeah. You,
0: know, you can really, and that's a scare with like virtual reality. Is people are going to go and like people are going to go and like record virtually, you know, an area, and then you can sit at home and like watch, you know, someone else take the hike for you. you know, good yeah,
3: sir. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I brought my son along. Um, so I have an injured foot, so I can't ride this year, <laughs> and so I'm trying to find a way to at least give the class something that might be an interesting story. So this is Jackson, and he's 11, and uh, he's never camped before, uh, and so despite me spending a lot of time away from my family for any number of different camping trips, he has not tagged along before. So I brought him along. So earlier, somebody was asking him what he likes to do for fun, and he said, "Well, I you know I read and I." I play basketball and that kind of thing. And somebody, was it faith? I don't want to pin this on you if it was not your quote, but somebody said, I wish I enjoyed to like reading in that way. Right. (laughs) Was it Maddie? I don't know. You know, like, um, and so like, and, uh, I, I joked that I wish I was just fully literate. And so like, but you know, to some extent, it's really true right now that we have to fight so much for depth because it's so easy to find the shallow thing, to find the YouTube video or to find the little course video that you need to watch anyway, instead of like deeply engaging. And I think the, one of the benefits of Jared and I designing the class in the way we did around these mini trips. And then in in a normal non COVID year, some kind of larger trip is that it, it forces students to turn off their phone and it forces them to have some depth, you know, like, even our interview questions that we ask you yeah even us I I, whenever when we hit the gate I texted my wife we made it and I put my phone in airplane mode you know like I don't want to know anything else right and you know even our questions that we ask you all in the interview are intended to draw out some depth from you right like we could just have a google form for have you camped before yes or no and do you know how to ride a bike yes or no and if you don't, are you willing to learn? Yes, <laughs> You know, like that kind of thing. And to some extent, there is a form actually that they fill out where they click those. But the reason why we have an interview is, hey, like we want to see what you're really about. And are you going to like, are you going to really engage with this? Is this something that we can draw you out a little bit of a normal college experience and give you a chance to like really deeply think about yourself and the place and the people? It's it's such a, such a unique opportunity. And I think we're really lucky that we had a supportive administration that trusted us to let people climb on top of caves and ride mountain bikes down dangerous things that when we pitched it, I was, I'm the pessimist in our relationship. And so I was sure that they were going to go, Oh God, no, (laughs) that's a, that's an insurance liability waiting to happen. And so we did it and they've been supportive all along for five years and it's, it's been really awesome. So one thing I thought of, and it's a little
0: self-promoting, but someone earlier, he asked me why I started the podcast. There's a lot of reasons I started the podcast, but the real reason I wanted to start a podcast, and I started one previous to Bikes for Death, is it's all about trying to be an anecdote to all the bullshit and all the shallow everything um, that's out there. And and it really, really got it really got to me to the point where you know I turned off a lot of a lot of that stuff and stopped watching it i turn off all my notifications and i just am like trying to focus on like creating more positive content you know to just be an antidote to all the all the negativity and the shallowness that's out there sorry we're getting a little ceremony here <laughs>
12: life coach section
0: life coach back back your back death. Or death, life coach who is scared about tomorrow anybody worried you did
9: today what is uh I'm worried that it's going to be really windy and going back uphill, especially that section from the all sums back towards the tunnel that I'm afraid that that's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And what if it is? I'm just going to have to get through it.
0: There you go. (laughs) Do you want to, did you want to comment as well? Sure. Why not? (laughs) So
4: I I think you summed that up pretty well, (laughs) but um, I'm definitely scared. Mostly the hills. Hills are quite a challenge for me and We experienced some of those today, but we're going to be experiencing the harder part of them tomorrow because they're all more uphill than they are downhill. So that's going to be really fun. Definitely looking forward to that and looking forward to trying my best to get up a hill and then pushing it up as far as I have to. But it's definitely going to be a lot harder in my opinion. And same with what you said about the windiness. So not only is it an added challenge that it's slightly harder tomorrow than it was today, but extra challenge is the wind. So it'll just be exactly what we've been talking about this whole entire time, seeing if we can, if trying to figure out what we're made of and seeing that we are capable of more than we think we are. Because looking at that right now, I couldn't say that I could do it, but I know that I'll be able to because I've done today and because I've done all the other times that I didn't think I would be able to. So,
0: In my experience, you'll wake up tomorrow, you'll be a little stiff, and you'll get on your bike And it won't feel too great but within about 10 to 15 minutes your body will be like oh okay we're doing this again and it'll kind of get with the program and and yeah tomorrow it will be more challenging i don't think there's anything any doubt about it but you know the elevation's not too steep and I, whenever it's a slow sloggy day i take those opportunities to just slow down don't put pressure on myself to go faster than i need to and take that opportunity to enjoy the scenery more i love going slow i don't i don't really care to go fast that much i i, I enjoy being out here and i'm not in a hurry to get away from it. So I don't, I try not to go too fast. Do you remember the end of your quote? What was it?
2: You just have to get out of your own way and do the damn thing.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. I can't think of a better, I mean, that kind of summarizes the whole thing. And that's, um, I think that's why I struck a chord when we read it is you really do have to get out of your way. You have to get out of those mental roadblocks that you put up and, and realize that you are more capable and you can, you can do this kind of stuff. And it's not your fault that you don't know that because you haven't had the opportunity to show yourself, but there should your opportunity. So I think that's all I have. I appreciate everybody's chat. Did anybody else have anything else that was outsteady? I had one thing. Please, feel free. <laughs>
2: so whenever we were interviewing for the class and we all got in, we had a little Zoom session, Get to Know You. And I think uh, Jared asked us what our favorite book was. And I went first and he did not like my choice. And I said okay. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> the uh, The Great Gatsby. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh,
12: I, I personally don't like that book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yes. You for it. <laughs> but, but to be That's fair, you only liked it because you had to read it in high school. Yeah. No, no, no.
2: I, I, I love that book. But to be fair, when you said your favorite, I didn't like it either. So I was like, okay, we're even now.
12: Yeah. All right. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, does it say animal form? Yeah. 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 Animal okay. farm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I wasn't sure how this was gonna go. Um, we didn't have a lot in common. I guess the so books didn't match up. <laughs> Um, But when I started the class, I think what really struck me was just how much respect I had for Jared and for Justin. This was probably a difficult thing to start to get approved and just to spend the time with a bunch of 20 year olds who are weird and different and to leave their families to take us on trips and to teach us new things. Um, I think that is really amazing and shows a lot of character. And even for all the people that are in this class who could be at bars or could be doing anything, um, and they've chosen to give up Saturdays to develop their character and to hopefully gain a little grit in yeah. your teeth and in your character. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were, we were interviewing, I think Jared Justin asked me like why I wanted to take the class. And I love the outdoors and I love cameras. I'm learning to love cameras. But what I really love is human relationships and seeing how people interact with each other. And I think when you're in the outdoors, you, your barriers go down and you are not able to be fake at all. Like you, you're tired, your muscles are completely depleted and sometimes you don't always have enough water (laughs) and you have to lean on each other. And I think that throughout all these weeks that we've been biking together, I've just seen so many amazing character qualities in everybody and seen a lot of growth and I can look at each person and name something I love about them. Oh. And I just really like that about this class.
0: It's a beautiful thing. What would be a, if you don't mind one more follow-up, what, what would you say to anybody who's listening that maybe has never gone on a bikepacking trip and is, is scared and timid and maybe doesn't have a great support system like this? Do you have any advice?
2: Yeah, I would say don't let inexperience stop you because the truth is Jared started somewhere where he didn't know anything. None of us were born with this knowledge. None of us knew how to do any of the things that we were good at. And you don't know if you're good at it until you try. And the worst thing that can happen in my opinion is you get to, you know, 60, 70, you can't bike pack. And you say, I wish when I was 20, I had taken that bike packing class. Yeah. So I just say, get out of your way and do the damn thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if, If it was a Bikes or Death podcast, we'd say, get out of your way and go ride your damn bike.
2: Oh, perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, y'all are are great. Thank you all so much for the chat. That's it. We're done.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that episode was a little bit different than, well, anyone I've ever done before. That was the first time I'd ever kind of led a campfire style discussion. And a large group of people. So to be honest with you, I went into it with a lot of nerves and probably not as prepared as I would have liked to have been. But I think that what we got out of that was pretty cool. And it definitely, there were some times when I was there personally, where I was, I was moved, you know, by the feelings and the experiences that these students were were having and sharing, and their and their vulnerability to do that, and and their vulnerability to put themselves out there, put themselves outside of their comfort zone, to push themselves and to ask the question, "Can I do it?" and then step up to the plate and fucking do it. I mean, I just love this shit. So um, I hope you did too. Hey, listen, I don't have a lot of time. It is ten o'clock at night. I am leaving tomorrow on a five-day Bikes or Death podcasting trip. Van or Death is going on the road, finally. So I have to get this podcast recorded, edited. I've got to get it up on the website and the social medias and all the stuff. Uh, so it's ready to go for tomorrow because I haven't packed shit. And I'm going to be gone for five days and interviewing four guests it's going to be crazy. I literally started like planning logistics. I got all the guests lined up, all the dates lined up like a few weeks ago, but didn't really nail down any of the particulars until I think about yesterday. But regardless of that, I am beyond excited to get Bikes or Death on the road. Uh, this is a journey that started almost from the very beginning, which was to get a van, that will allow me to travel around the country and snag interviews in person. I just don't think there's a substitute for in-person interviews. Just me as a person, like I feel more comfortable sitting across from somebody when I can feel like their vibe and I just feel more comfortable. And and if I'm more comfortable and they're more comfortable, then I just think it lends for a better conversation. So it's just more fun. You get to get out. I love a road trip. So, um, again, COVID protocols are all in place. I went and got, uh, COVID tested today. I got my COVID vaccine first shot yesterday. I'm going to be self contained, self quarantined. We're going to interview outdoors, no hugging, touching, kissing or otherwise. Um, so listen, I'm excited, but I am a little nervous because getting back on the road means. It's going to cost a little bit more, which means I have to beg a little bit more. And I hate to beg, but it comes with the territory. And I have accepted a podcast as a job title. So I also have to accept that begging is part of the job. It just comes with it, you know? So here we go. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Sports fans of all ages, thank you for coming to my begging show of the episode. It really doesn't take a lot to support this show. Patreon is the best way to really show your support because you become a sustaining member of the show, and I know that you're in it for the long haul. And when I know you're in it for the long haul, it makes me want to be in it for the long haul. You know what I'm saying? And it really doesn't matter if it's a dollar a month. You know, I say that all the time. There's several levels that you can sign up, but a dollar a month is great and it really does help, you know, so I am really gonna start ramping up and making that reality of taking the van on the road and doing in-person interviews that, you know, you all are the ones that supported me. Whenever I wanted to outfit this van and did a GoFundMe, y'all stepped up and like legitimately, made this a reality. And so now it's like the fruition of the plan that was put on hold by COVID is finally now like actually happening tomorrow. Like I'm leaving tomorrow. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm rambling, but I'm excited and I'm also poor. (laughs) So, uh, if you can seriously, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. We are doing some cool things over there to actually Incentivize or make it more appealing. We have Patreon perks coming from lots of cool brands. Um, Not releasing them yet. We were actually we did release one today. One of our sponsors, 6AM Work Shirts, 20% off. So if you're a Patreon, you're going to go in and get that code right now. But that's not all. We have a lot more perks coming. And uh, another change that's taking effect actually as of tomorrow. When you become a patron you're not gonna get a coupon code for a dollar amount off the web store. Now you're gonna get a percentage discount on the web store whenever you want it. So if you sign up for a dollar a month, you get 5% off everything on the web store anytime you want it. You can order 10 times a year. You can order 1,000 times a year. It doesn't matter because the way I look at it is if you're giving me a dollar a month, I'm gonna give you a 5% discount every month. And if you're giving me $10 a month, I'm going to give you a 20% discount every month. you see how that works? I think it's fair. So anyway, if you want to know all about the benefits that come along with supporting this show, aside from just supporting the show, aside from just feeling good and knowing that you are part of what helps keeps the PSI in our tires and keeps them rolling and rolling and rolling onward, forward, always forward, Okay, that's it for me. Thank you all for being here. I've got a lot to do to get on the road, um, so I'm going to get to it. But I just want to remind you that Bikes are Death is more than just about riding bikes. It is a lifestyle. It is the idea that a life without bikes is a life not worth living. So with that, go ride your damn bike.
1: It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike, memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength. As you push further, every pedal stroke, stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless, your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself, just a few more miles. Bikes. Oh, oh, oh,
7: death. Bikes. Oh, Oh, death.